What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Small Lake City Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Nilsson, and here we are on Episode 7. I'm really excited to announce the guest today. His name is Lauren Warner. He's the founder of Honest Eatery here in Salt Lake. You've probably seen locations at the Delta Center if you're going to see a jazz game, on Regent Street if you're going to the Eccles Theater, or over on Foothill if you're trying to get to or from campus and looking for a healthy bite. Lauren has a really unique story of experiencing so many places across both the country and the world in growing up and in his professional life. So whether you're driving in the car, cleaning the house, or doing a workout, let's hear from Lauren and his story of traveling around the world and ultimately deciding that Salt Lake City, Utah is the best place for him, his family, and his business. So let's hear from Lauren. If I get long-winded, feel free to cut me off. I sometimes get... My wife tells me to talk a lot, dude. So... so, um, so yeah, if, I, if I'm talking too much, just be like, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I've yet to have anybody. I've had some pretty <laughs> chatty people, but no, that's all good. But yeah, Lauren, I mean, super excited to have someone on the podcast today. We have Lauren Warner, uh, founder of The Honest Eatery, one of my favorite places to stop in uh, Foothill, because I live close to Foothill, and it's like, okay, quick lunch. I have meetings. I don't want to cook something, but I need something to eat, and so I'll open up Google search for food. I'm like, okay, I've had, I mean, Jersey Mike, so on Jersey Mike's Costa Vida. Absolutely not. No, no, no. And I'm like, good. Something healthy that I can get quick and have. And, and so excited to have you today and hear a little bit about your story of, I mean, how you got to Salt Lake, the, the cool projects you've been working on and, and kind of what keeps you here. So thanks for coming on, Lauren. Yeah. I appreciate being here and excited to sit down and chat and thanks for um, finding us and the kind words about honest and love to talk about that today, that project that we, that we've done. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely get there, yeah. but want to start more at the beginning of the story and how you, you landed in, in Utah and Salt Lake. So, I mean, let's start there. I mean, how did you yeah. come to the Valley where you were born here or raised here? Pioneers. Yeah. So, um, my dad's actually from here. Um, and then after college, he and my mom, moved around quite a bit. Um, went to Dallas, went to Charlotte, eventually ended up in Houston, which is where I was born. So I've got brothers that were born in, um, in those other cities. Um, I was born in Houston. I was in Houston until I was about eight. So 1985, my parents, um, moved back to Utah. Um, so for a long time, I considered myself a Texan and, um, as Texans like to, as Texans like to do, to do right. Yeah. Um, but eventually it was like, I'm from Utah and, um, yeah, so that, that's how we ended up back in Utah. And, um, and I was, you know, I was in Utah until I was in my early or my early twenties. Um, and what part of the Valley were you in? Yeah. So I grew up uh, down in Willow Creek, which okay. is part of, which is uh, part of Sandy and, um, great. I went to Brighton high school, um, Went to like Churchill Junior High, which is actually a different part of the, t- of the town, but they bust us out there. And um, and uh, when we moved to Utah, it was a little. I, I was young enough that it was not super difficult. Um, you know, seven years old, resilient, second grade, um, was able to kind of fit in easily. I had a couple older brothers that had a little bit more difficult time with yeah. with the change, but for me, it was great. And I just I remember like rolling into Utah. And my parents bought that home. It was a fairly new home, fairly new subdivision at the time. It was just kind of right at the at the base of the mountains. And I'm just looking, I'm like, mountains? Because, you know, Texas is just flat. And we had lots of trees in Texas. 
not as many trees here, but I just remember seeing those mountains and just being like mesmerized. And every day I'd walk to school, I'm like walking towards the mountains and using the mountains as my guide. And, um, and so it was, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. There's no, no mountains like that in Texas. Cause I did a, <laughs> I mean, just like most typical Utahns, I did a summer sales in Texas, yeah. half the summer in Austin, half yeah. in Dallas. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. Cause I, like I could not get my bearings straight at all. Cause I mean, if you're from Utah, you're like, cool foothills, North mountains, East far mountains, West. Yeah. And if it's even further than yeah. South and I'd be in Dallas, be like someone could put a gun <laughs> to my head and ask me which way was East. Yeah. And I'd just tell them to off me. Cause so I would have no idea. So true. But what kind of stuff were you into in childhood? Were you a lot of big sports guy? Yeah. Or? So growing up, love sports. Um, I just remember, I think that was one of the greatest parts about the neighborhood that I lived in was, um, lots of young families. Um, and, so quickly made friends with the kids in the neighborhood. They were all, we all went to the same elementary school. Um, I was out skateboarding all the time. It was kind of the beginning days of skateboarding. Um, I was kind of on the, I guess on the cutting edge at the time we built a half pipe and my buddy and I, we built a half pipe down by Willow Creek, the actual Creek. We yes. found a little spot down there and we built a half pipe down there with his dad and all the kids would go there. And so we, we were just riding around the neighborhood all the time, but we played sports as well. I mean, we were doing roller hockey at the time. We'd do everything at the church parking lot in front of the church and, and, and at the park. We'd play baseball down at the park, uh, home run derby. Uh, we'd go play tennis down at the park. We'd play football in front of the church. The front, the, the first down markers were like where the, uh, where the, where the sidewalks would go down mm-hmm. into the front doors, you know? And so we were just out and about. And I mean, it was, it was amazing. And, um, Thankfully, I didn't get into into too much trouble growing up, and just had had good friends. And there are a couple of friends that got into some some stuff. But I mean, it was it was it was amazing. And um, I think it was it was a nice time in my life that I look at my kids now, and they don't so much have that. Totally, um, we were just out. My parents were like, "Yeah, go, just go," and 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 we figured things out. And uh, it was a good time, a good 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 time. And I just I, I always felt I always felt the Utah kids really accepted me. Like it, it wasn't a big deal that I was from, from outside. I didn't know I had a buddy uh, down the street as well. He had just moved at the same time, moved from Oklahoma. Um, his parents were from Utah as well, but he had come back to, and from Oklahoma and we all just kind of gelled and it was, um, it was never a thing. It was just, uh, we were all just one, one big group of friends. And I remember, I like, and I, I always feel bad for, maybe that's the wrong word I want to use, but for kids these days that grow up, cause I mean, everything's so digital, which is, I mean, fine. We live in a digital yeah. world and there's nothing we can do about that, but I mean, because I grew up in a cul-de-sac up in the avenues, and yeah. I mean, there was like, let's see, they were the McFarlands, the Bairds, the Chungs, and it's literally you just go outside on your bike, and then yeah. you know everyone's outside on their bike, and again, someone would set up goals for yeah. roller hockey, <laughs> yeah. someone like, or someone would just grab a basketball, we start shooting hoops in one of yeah. people's yards, and it was just such like a, it just always just naturally happened, and even when I moved into another neighborhood. Like same thing, just ride your bike to your friend's house, go do whatever. And there's always something happening and there wasn't really much thought of how or why you're planning, but just also kind of like serendipitous of how it all came together. That's that's a great word. I mean, that that was really it. It's like finish your homework and then you just go outside and the serendipity, like what, 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 that's what we, that's what I find when I jump on my skateboard. I'm like, where are we going? I'd go up to my buddy's house, Tony, Tony and I'd jump on our boards and we just kind of go we'd follow each other we'd pick up scotty bench on the way and we just whoever else we ran into we'd pick them up and we'd all just go kind of hang out and we were just having fun and that, i think that's that's the nice part that's a really great word to use is that serendipity and i think that's bled over into my into my to my life now i love serendipitous things i love to be in positions where things just fall into place where things happen totally it's, it's, i'm just making that connection now as you talk about them. great great connection yeah and no, i, I love I, yeah 
I, I remember those days of just like calling your friend up and be, Hey, uh, is so-and-so there? Can we play? Yeah, like, yeah. like just like, can we play everywhere? Yeah. Everything was always play. And like, yeah. obviously it's nice to have no responsibility and no bills showing up and all the stuff that we love to yeah. deal with as adults. But always having that as, as an anchor was always there. Yeah. And so, okay. So you grew up in, in Tandy, went to yeah. Brighton and then correct me if I'm wrong, but then you went to BYU. Yeah. So I went to BYU. Okay. Um, well, I went on a mission. Okay. Where'd you go on your mission? Uh, Brazil. Cool. Um, and so I had already spoken Spanish before high school. I was really obsessed with Spanish. Like I had uh, anyone who spoke Spanish at high school, they were my friends. So everyone from outside. Such an interesting thing to be like, yeah. you know what? I'm not going to obsess over yeah. video games or, yeah. or an MBA <laughs> Spanish. That's what we're doing. Weird. And my brother was like the same way. So my dad went on a Spanish speaking mission, but he never like really spoke about that at, at the house. I don't ever remember him really talking about his mission growing up, but like I had great, I had a great teacher up at, at Brighton, um, Mr. Young, Senior Hoban. And he, um, he like shaped my life. Like he really did. And I was like just obsessed. And, um, and so, yeah. Um, so, so Spanish, so that helped me as I went into, um, as I went into my, to my mission to learn Portuguese, um, that whole experience also really changed and molded my life as well. Um, came back. I mean, to, to your point, I think like you get around people from other parts of the world and so forth. You're like, yeah, do I really want to go back to Utah? <laughs> and before I, before I went on my mission, I had kind of a nerd, like in high school, I did concurrent studies at slick. And so like when I graduated high school, I was like literally like one semester away from having like a full, a full year of, um, of actually with my AP credit, I already had more than a full year. So I, I had like two semesters at slick when I got home from my mission nice. and I had finished my, my associates. And so, um, but I was like on my mission, I was like, ah, do I want to stay in Utah when I come back and come back and kind of just fall into things and, um, fall back into things. And, and it was, it felt like the right place to be. Um, so yeah, so ended up, uh, at BYU, um, and always with in mind that I wanted to do something afterwards, like a graduate degree. I thought at one point I wanted to be a dentist, orthodontist. Um, and then I realized pretty soon that I didn't, for me, for my lifestyle, for my, I'm a bit more of an adventurous soul and to be in the, in the same office every single oh, yeah. day would be a little bit difficult. Cause I'm the same way. Like I, cause it's funny when you're in school, cause you see people like, Oh, I want to do all of these things. And I mean, everybody does it with a, a heavy dose of ignorance. Like no one knows what actually the day-to-day -day life <laughs> yeah. is like. Like I wanted yeah. to go be an investment banker. People yeah. are like, yeah, you're going to go work like a hundred hours. I'm like I can do it. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't realize <laughs> Working a hundred hours means you don't have time to do everything else that makes yeah. you happy. And anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your soul gets sucked from you. Yeah. And even now, like the way that I operate, what I do, I'm bored very easily. So if it, if if my life was show up to the office, okay, yeah. we got a filling, we got a root canal, we got a cavity, cool. Yeah. Or I got to go read these legal transcripts and go do some research on this, or just kind of like a lot of the more kind of bulleted day to day yeah. kind of know what you're doing. I know I wouldn't have been able to yeah. do it very well. Yeah. And so it's good to re recognize that sooner than later that that what, wasn't well, going to be your 100%, jam. And I have to say, like, if, uh, ironically, one of the, the weed out classes at BYU was like this bi biology, I think it was biology, intro to biology. Anyone who wants to do med school or, or dental school or whatever has to take this class. And um, I took the class and I, I was, like I said, I'm a nerd. So I was like always a straight A student mm -hmm. in that class. I got like a, I think I got a D plus. I'd never in my entire life. And, um, and I just wasn't motivated and that helped me. It was, it was like 
that kind of was just a wake up call for me. Like, you know what, maybe this isn't what I should be doing. I started analyzing things. So switch, switch things up. And I majored in Portuguese. Um, again, fascinated with languages, fascinated with other cultures, literature, things along those lines. So I majored in Portuguese, uh, always with the mindset that I was going to do something for graduate school. Um, when the, when the whole orthodontics things kind of switched out of my mind, I thought, you know, I'm going to go to business school. I'm going to go to Thunderbird, which is an international, um, business school is really, again, fascinated with other cultures and so forth. And that was the school that I wanted to go. It was the only graduate program that I wanted to go to. And so that kind of quickly became my focus. Um, and, um, did that. I worked actually worked full time while I was at BYU as well. I worked up here in Salt Lake, uh, worked at, uh, Grand America. And this, this is, is kind of precursor to honest eatery because at Grand America, I've learned that I really, really love serving other people mm-hmm. and I love good service. And at Grand America, it's like, I, like I always talk about this. It's you don't, the, one of the first things they, they taught us is you don't point with your finger. When you tell someone where the bathroom's at, you, you open your hand hmm. and it's these small things that, um, about service. And that kind of overflows into my, into the influence of my life today, but loved that job worked there during the Olympics, um, met all sorts of people from the, that were here, celebrities and so forth. And I say met them, but they were there and maybe I checked them into their room and, um, but worked there kind of moved back to Salt Lake actually, cause I didn't love life in Provo. So last year Shocker. of school, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So last year of school, I came back to Salt Lake, um, and just commuted down worked full time and, um, just always with the goal of like, I'm going to keep working at the hotel and then I'm going to go to, uh, go to business school at the time as well. Like business school was a little bit different back then as well, because typically you had to have quite a bit of like corporate experience to get in. And today I think there's a little bit of flex on that and, and maybe I don't know where we're at in the cycle now, but, um, so, so that was a little bit of a risk for me as well saying, Hey, you know, I'm not going to try to go get something corporate and then go back to school. Um, and so I just went for it and thankfully it worked out. Yeah. So. No, I always loved it. Cause like I had a similar path in school where when I, when I showed up to day one at university, I'm like, I'm going to be an architect. Yeah. I'm going to design some buildings. It's going to be super cool. <laughs> Take this intro to architecture class. And I'm like, all right, not my kind of creativity, <laughs> not enough jobs, not enough money back to the drawing board. Amazing. And that's kind of been the way I've approached like my, let's call it professional life is it's almost been this like narrowing pendulum swing yeah. where I'm first, I'm like, okay not architecture, not civil engineering, not pre-pharmacy. Uh-oh, what am I going to do? Let's go to business. And then narrowed in on finance because, you know, I was always very analytical, love numbers, love working with people, love problem solving. And so just kind of kept iterating on this yeah. idea that I had. And it's funny you mentioned like your experience at Grand America because I had a similar experience. So when ride sharing started to take off mm. in Salt Lake, I heard about it from a friend. I mean, I was serving at Red Robin in Foothill, yeah. mm-hmm. rest in peace. And... <laughs> Uh, Cause I was like, I hate this. I hate dealing with people. I hate dealing with students that just yeah. want endless fries and don't <laughs> want to tip anything. And so someone's like, you should do it. And I was like, what do I have to lose? So sure enough, apply, go through the whole thing and get started. And I loved it. Cool. Cause like I was in college at the time. So yeah. social to begin with, but I loved the thought of just someone hopping in my car and being like, tell me about you. What's yeah. your story? Yeah, what makes cool. you tick? And like more often than not, it, it would just be like a great uplifting experience, yeah. reinforce like belief in humanity and, and always end up with a bunch of cool stories. And like fast forward to now, like doing this, I like realize that is one of my core values. And one of the things that I get out of life so strongly is Very cool 
social connections, getting to know people on an intimate level and understanding how they tick and hearing their stories and learning from those. And so it's so funny, like so much of the time we look at like our early life, early adults as this almost like just learning period, but not really like too serious. But Mm -hmm. as I've talked to more people, it really has been so much more foundational than we often give ourselves credit for. True. Really true. And so that service, I mean, understanding that service aspect and then fast forward to now with honest and let, I know the other things that you like to do with uh, consulting and such, like it's, it, it's, it all plays a piece in all, all of that. In. You're right. And it's, 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 what's interesting. And this is what I try to focus on with my wife, with our kids is it's all about experiences. It's all about stuff like the school room's important. Cause I'm a, I'm a big fan of school of this, of the school room. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important and I think grades are important and, and, and giving our best effort is important, but there's so much other stuff that just molds our lives and, and brings happiness to our lives. And, um, and the earlier that we discover that, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I discovered, I discovered in my, in my early thirties, mid thirties, right. We're still, I'm still discovering stuff, but it's like, if we can kind of just fast forward or, or kind of, uh, get our, get our children to, to that point a little bit sooner. I just, it, it brings happiness. So totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's all about those experiences that shape yeah. us. And, and even today, like I always hate when someone's like, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Christmas? I'm like, whatever you're thinking of yeah. going and buying on Amazon or whatever, get it out of your cart, go, I mean, put it at dinner with me. Yeah, I, I mean, that. let's go spot. I mean, whatever it is, yeah. let's go do something together. And I mean, it's a little different experience than like the, the learning and growth, but I mean, the experiences are what shape us. Everything else yeah. will one day turn to dust, but, yeah. and having all of that. Yeah. And so, so, okay. So you graduate from BYU, you're working yeah. at Grand America. Yeah. Um, has wife come into the picture at this point? No, not, okay. not yet. So, um, wife actually came to the picture when I went to Thunderbird. So okay. when I finished, uh, so, uh, the 2004, beginning 2004, went down to Arizona. So mm-hmm. Thunderbird's down in Arizona, um, ride down there. And of course, like I'm an adventurer. So like I drive my car down there, packed stuff. I mailed the most of the other stuff in the mail, like my clothes and books and all that stuff for my apartment. I didn't want to rent a U-Haul or whatever. My car's packed full. I roll into Arizona and it's January. And so January in Arizona is like bliss. It is like the temperatures um, I get like goosebumps from it. Cause I just remember rolling down my windows. I'm like, it's January. Hey, it's me, the host of the small Lake city podcast, Eric Nilsson. Hope you're enjoying today's episode. And if you are, make sure to like and leave a review as well as subscribe to the podcast. So you can hear more of the great guests that I have coming your way. Also make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle small Lake pod small lake pod on instagram and tiktok also if you prefer video then make sure to head over to the youtube channel and subscribe there as well enjoy the rest of the episode especially coming from utah from utah so i'm like thinking i'm in paradise right and so forth well soon we i realize (laughs) i'm not in paradise right as as we get into this the spring summer but um, so just excited by the adventure of kind of going down and that's always kind of what's fueled my soul and, um, jumped into that. I was different, man. Like I rolled in there. I had long curly hair. Um, when I went, when I left BYU, like even at the be- end of BYU, I was like letting the hair grow a little longer. I had like scruff. The freedom. I'm just like free. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm, like everyone who saw me thinks I'm a hippie and I'm not, I'm not at all a hippie, but I just, I was just, it was just very different. I rolled into to business school and I'm like very different from everyone in there. But 
that's just who I was and I wasn't going to change it because I was going to business school. Yeah. And so, um, so, so that was that. And what happened is in the summer, uh, down at the time, Thunderbird would do like take their, because it was so hot in Arizona, they'd take teachers, like three quarters of the teachers and like implant them down into Guadalajara, Mexico. Oh, cool. And students could go do this. And then we do like little internships or we do like little different things. And we basically just have classes down in Guadalajara. So it was like immersive for people that wanted to learn Spanish. They could learn Spanish outside. Especially you who yeah. love Spanish. Yeah, Your so, hand was probably the first yeah, one. Yeah, so I was, I, was stoked, I was stoked to do it. And um turns out that, um, not to get into too many details, but I, I end up living in a house. I'm single. I end up living in a house with all the single dudes. And the single dudes, I realized like literally first day there, I realized that their intentions were like a little bit different than my intentions. I was there to study. Like I was there to get like an experience. They were there for like studying different topics, studying different topics. Let's say that. Let's say that. Yeah. And so I just told them like, Hey dudes, like this is not going to work for me. And I I think I need to find out. Yeah, man, dude, dude, whatever, whatever you want. So some buddies of mine were living in a house that, um, that, uh, it was like this pension home, I think we call it in English. And it's, so it's like boarding, boarding house. Mm. So like there were two homes on the, on the location and one home was for, um, students and the other, the family like lived in this house. Well, that's important because what ended up happening is they had this extra room. Um, so this is other group of friends that were all married. They're living in there. Typically the, the family would only rent to women, to women, um, students, but during the summer there were no women students. So, um, they, they rented out to these couples. Well, they said, they asked the senora, they said, Hey, you know, we've got a buddy who's, who wants to come live here. We know you've got an extra room. We know you typically don't let single men here. She said, yeah, have them come meet me. So I went and meet, meet her. And, um, and so, and of course my buddy is like, yeah, she has three daughters as well that are like gorgeous. And so I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah, even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even better. So, um, so I, um, so I go in and meet the senora and she's fully excited. And one of the daughters comes in and, um, she's introduced, her mom introduces me to her. And she said, this, this is London. Cause in Mexico and in Brazil, everyone calls me London, Londres, uh, because they can't, the R is a little bit yeah. harder for them to pronounce for Lauren. And so anyway, long and short, uh, my wife now, who was not my wife at the time, but Marcella, she introduced herself as Paris. She's just quick witted, right? Yeah. So she's, oh, you're London, I'm Paris. And so, um, I, that's where I met Marcella. Um, and she wanted nothing to do with me, um, for, for almost to, up until like three weeks before, <clears throat> before I was leaving, she wouldn't go out on dates with me. And then finally she caved in like every night we went on on dates and we just started developing a relationship and, um, and it took a long time, but we got, we eventually got married. So I always say like the best thing that came from my school, from graduate school was my wife. Um, that's, uh, that was the, that was the best thing that came from that. So I yeah. love that. I love that persistence yeah. of yeah. like, Hey, you're not interested. Cool. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, and I joke with her as well. I'm like, yeah. And she gets a little bit upset with me. But I, I said, you know, had I not lived at the house with you, I would have given up. Like I, like you shot me down two times. I'm out. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to puppy dog, but it was like easy for me. Cause you're there. I can, I can keep, I can keep trying. So, so thank heavens it, it, it worked out. That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So then the, I assume this yeah. kind of summer period yeah, so ends, go back up to go, Arizona. Go back to, to Arizona, uh, finish school up. I actually did another program down in Brazil, in, um, in Rio. 
and, um, uh, and it was great. It was a really, really good experience for me. I would never change it for anything, but everyone was always a little bit, I was the only one in the school that went down to this program. It was a, it was an exchange program. So one of their students came up and took my place and I went and took his place. And, um, and the funny thing is, is, is that happened during like recruiting season. So ever all like the counselors and everyone was like, you know, if you leave, you're not going to, you're not going to get exposure to recruiting because everyone's here in October to recruit for when you're going to graduate in the spring. And, um, and so I said, you know, that's fine. Again, it was kind of more like experience and adventure for me. Um, and I came back and like reality hit, <laughs> reality hit. Like I, like all my buddies were getting, everyone was getting, had already had jobs lined up and there was another small little, um, uh, job fair in, in spring and I didn't land a job. And so it was hard. And, um, and, but what do I do? Like when I finish, where'd I go? I come back to Salt Lake and it's like safe haven. And, um, uh, my parents had a condo here. They, they'd since moved to, to St. Louis and they had a condo here and my sister was living there and they said, you can live in our basement for a little bit, but not forever. Um, so I kept looking for jobs as job, job hunting every single day, man. And couldn't, couldn't find a job. It was just not the season. And, uh, I didn't have a ton of corporate experience before as well. And, um, my, my mom ends up like kicking me out of the house. And at the time I was like, so mad, yeah, so mad that how, how could a mother, kick her son out of the house. And like, I understand now being a parent, what she was doing. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up going up, I live with some buddies there. They're renting the basement of a house. I literally set up like a wire rack <laughs> by a couch, yeah. put my clothes on it. And like, every time someone would come visit, they're like, Oh yeah, that's Lauren's like stuff right there. But it forced me to like continue. And what I started doing as well is kind of what you mentioned earlier about like the, um, about the driving, the, the, the Uber stuff is I started doing translation. And so I had to have some sort of income. Yeah. And so, um, so I started doing translation for the university, like the, all the, all the healthcare systems have contracts with this company that provides translators. And so if you go into a hospital, you have the right to have a, a translator. So I did Spanish and Portuguese. It was a blast, man. I had, a, it was so fun. I got to meet people from all walks of life. Um, I had awkward situations. I mean, like gynecology, like appointments and stuff. And like, here's the stranger about to, ex yeah, yeah. <laughs> to explain all of these fun things to you. Yeah. So, but it, but like, it was really a great life experience for me. Um, and then eventually, um, when it rains, it pours, I got like offered four jobs at the same time. Of course. Yeah. And it was of course, like in the fall season to start working in the summer of the, of the next year. And so I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I ended up accept I, I ended up accepting a job with Bank of America. Okay, um, down uh, rotate an MBA rotational program within their operations, and so um, and the job was going to be in Dallas, which I was stoked on because I'm like, oh, like Texas, yeah, and go back, back to home. Texas, yeah, back home. Really. And so, um, so I take the job. They give me a signing bonus, which I'm like thinking, oh, this is dope. I'm I get a signing signing bonus, like a, an athlete or something. So that got me through. Um, spent some to my wife. She gets upset about this the other day because we're still not married. We're, and we're, she's we're, still down in Mexico. She's down in Mexico, okay. man. She's down in Mexico, and we, we kind of did long distancing, and it was hard when I when I wasn't when I didn't have a job, and so that was that was a, a, a difficult point. But she was she was working as well. She was a she 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 coached cheerleading. She had she had like coached at like five different schools, and she had graduated, and so she was kind of doing her thing as well. But uh, long and short. 
Um, I ended up going with a buddy of mine to um, World Cup in um, in Germany. Oh, um, an experience. So um, I used some of the money for that. Um, and um, it was a blast. Had a good time. Came back, um, went to work for Bank of America. Uh, I was there a couple of years in Dallas. Marcel and I had long distance, long distance was easier because I'm having some cash come in. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of miles. She came up to visit. I'd go down to visit. Um and uh was there for a couple of years, learned a lot, learned that I didn't love big corporations. Um I've learned few people find themselves inside of a large corporation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the second year I worked remotely, mm-hmm. I had an office inside, but with people that didn't even work part of my team. And it was actually at the time I was the uh I my boss and I, we started online chat at bank of America. So like it was, there was the origins of, of you being able to jump on. Like now it's so normal for right. us. Right. At the time it was like cutting edge, you know, and so she and I started that and um, we had a team in India that was like, so like all the chat, all, everything from like kind of ground up. And so that was a really cool job. But yeah. like after the year was over, it's like Lauren's gone. You don't have budget for him anymore. And she, she had to kind of do her thing. And I was kind of left in limbo with trying to find a, a spot and um, they didn't really find a spot for me. And then they eventually did. But in that time period, a buddy of mine who had worked at the bank, um, a venture had gone to business school, similar to me, the university of South Carolina, which was one of the top schools as well for international management. He, um, he went to work for a consulting company. Um, and he said, Hey, I think you'd really like this, this work. It's a lot of international stuff. And, um, so he invited me to kind of chat with the HR guy. And, and so in this period of, with the bank where they had me in limbo, I interviewed and literally took the job and gave my two weeks at bank of America. Bank of America is like, now nah, you, you don't have access to systems for two weeks. So they, yeah, they it's paid usually me for pretty two, yeah, yeah, cut paid, off. Here's your two weeks. Yeah, have a good one. Paid yeah. me for two weeks and, and, and left and, and kind of started that adventure of, of in the consulting world, which really changed my life as well. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure, I mean, just like most stigmas of management consulting, you're probably flying all over the place, yeah. getting all these great experiences, working yeah. with all these different clients. And yeah. Do you feel like that was, I mean, like spoke to you as far as like a next step into kind of what you wanted to do and spoke to you? Yeah. So I think, I think one of the big things, so the consulting I did was a little different in the sense that actually the, the firm that I worked for, they asked us to move to a new city. Okay. And so my client was actually in Southern California and it was a refi- oil refinery in Southern California. And, um, so I moved, I moved to SoCal, I moved to, um, Irvine, um, and, uh, and I just started working with like blue collar guys, but it was a blast, man. Like I like really related with these guys and, um, was really humbled about like how little I know about life. Mm -hmm. Um, when I, when I would sit with these guys and, um, I'd go in and we just talk kind of simple, simple leadership principles with them, simple management, um, principles with them, but it made a difference in their life. And, um, it just was exhilarating for me. So I really, really fell in love with it. And it gave me the opportunity as well, just because of kind of income standpoint as well, just to, for Marcel and I to continue our relationship. And that, that was probably actually might have been a reason why it took so long for Marcel. Marcel and I didn't get married for, we had a seven year long distance relationship. Wow. And we, um, and I think part of that is, it's just like the the comfort of like, Oh, I can just travel. And we're, yeah. we're like, we're like, we're basically just together at the good times when we're traveling together, which is kind of nice too. Cause yeah. then you're like, Hey, if I'm in California and you're not here, I'm working yeah. and can focus on that. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, okay, it's yeah. the weekend, hop yeah. on a flight down to Guadalajara, yeah. go spend again, focus on that yeah, and true. vice versa. It's true. Yeah. So from there, um, started when I really started traveling was I started doing work, rotational work. So I'd be on, I'd work for a month and then I have a month off. Mm. 
And so I worked, let's see, I started in Angola and then I went to Equatorial Guinea, which is West Africa as well. And then I went down to Brazil and this was all offshore on, on, on oil rigs offshore, um, an hour helicopter ride to get out. Um, working the same principles with the, with these dudes from all over the world. Again, like really exhilarating because I'm getting cultures from all around. These guys fly in from all around the world to go out to that rig and operate that rig. Yeah. And um, so did that and the exhilarating thing as well. I was like, Marcella, like when she was on her summer, it's like, hey, let's go travel Europe. So I got to, to get back to the U.S. from from Angola. Let's meet in Portugal. So we meet in Portugal and then I'd go back to Mexico. I, I didn't have a home for a while. I put all my stuff in my parents' basement mm -hmm. in St. Louis and basically my time off was with Marcella and I'd be spend time in mostly in, in Guadalajara at like either at her parents' house or, or I'd rent like a little, they call them posadas, which is like a little like inn, mm. like a little hotel type thing. And, um, and actually for, for me, like looking back, I think it allowed Marcella and I to really cultivate a relationship as well, because long distance is, is difficult. You're only with each other at good times. So I'd have a month to kind of spend with Marcella, um, on, on, on my time off. And so I did that, um, for that time period. And it was, it was nice. I mean, it was good. And I like, so I did long distance relationship for, yeah. <laughs> for a while as well. And it's, it's interesting because like, it really forces you because it's the easier way to do it is to be like, Hey, this is too hard. I'm done. Like, yeah. Bye. Yeah, yeah. But it really does force to be like, hey, this is a priority. This is what I want. Yeah. You have to make time for it because I'm a big per like uh, if it's not in front of me, I tend to forget it. Like mm. if I have an Amazon package, I need to return. I have to put it in <laughs> front of the door or somewhere where I see it, or else I will forget it. I actually have one right now, as I remember. Yeah. It. I mean, because it's not in front of the door, it hasn't been taken care of. Yeah. And with like relationships like that, especially long distance, like if it's not there, it's so easy to be caught up in work. It's so easy to be caught up in like the humdrum yeah. of life. Yeah. But then you still have to make time and prioritize and hop on a phone and, and, and be able to do that. And like the fact that you guys did that for so long, long and, and I mean, prioritize this, Hey, I'm come fly here. Cause I'll be there or I'm going to come there and stay at this posada and, yeah. and do all that. That's like, it's remarkable for how long that that worked. And even more, I mean, I'm sure speaks so much to your guys' relationship and the strength of it and, and yeah. all you guys have probably accomplished since then. Well, all the credit to Marcel as well, because she was the one that was really resilient in that instance of, um, you know, as you said, like I'm working like all the time, especially when I'm off working offshore and it's just like, I'm there all the time. And like when you're at work 24 seven, like when you live on the installation where you work, it's like you work 16 hours and you sleep the other eight. And that's just kind of, kind of what you do. Cause there's not a, a lot of, a lot of else to do out there on the rig. Yeah. Um, so, so eventually, um, kind of from there, what happened was, um, was, uh, I had kind of built the project down in Brazil, which was the last one kind of selfishly. I wanted to build a bigger team there and I wanted to be the guy that was in charge of the team onshore mm -hmm. to live in Rio. And so, um, we were able to do that. We put that together, built a team of eight plus me, um, onshore, um, got the client to be jump on board that, um, they got me a place. They, they paid for a place in, in Rio for me. It was a block and a half from the beach. Um, tough place to be tough place to be. Marcella though said to me before I, before I was going to move down, she said, look, two options here. One, you get married. Um, or two, we separate cause you're not going to Brazil single. Yeah. <laughs> a block and a half from the beach <laughs> yeah, in Rio. Yeah, that, yeah. That's all sorts of temptations. Yeah. She doesn't want to deal with. Yeah. So, so we decided, um, we decided to get married. We got married on the beach in, um, Playa del, like just South of Playa del Carmen. Cool. And, um, and then Marcella, um, after our honeymoon, Marcella came down and lived um, with me. I, I had been there for three or four months before and, um, 
but, um, she came down. It was great for her, great experience for her to kind of get away from, from somewhere and kind of live in Rio. We were in Rio for a couple of years. I saw an opportunity for, um, for a little bit more entrepreneurial, um, consulting work, which would take me to West, West Texas. So we moved back and this comes back to our theme and, um, we were coming back and what's the first place that comes to mind? Salt Lake, Salt Lake. And especially in West Texas, there's not much yeah, in West Texas. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, no, no thought of even going there and, and moving there. Like in my other work, this was always kind of a fly in, fly out type thing. And, and so, um, I brought Marcella back and I said, Hey, Marcella, we're going to, we're going to go to Salt Lake because I've got family here. At least if something happens when I'm on the road, you've got a support system. And then, but what I did is every week off that I'd have, so I'd work like probably two weeks, two weeks, come home on the weekends, but then I'd have a week off. And so every week off for like a couple months, we'd go to a couple different places. So I took her, I, I wanted to move to Austin. Okay. And I wanted to, because again, like we were talking earlier, it's like this, always this mindset of like, ah, oh, like Utah, I don't, I don't want to go back to Utah. And there's something that just always brings you back. Mm-hmm. But so I wanted to move to Austin or Miami. And so, um, and it, and and the possibility of California at that time as well because I had loved my time there. But so we did trips, and I took Marcella to like four or five different cities. And every time she came back, she's like, "No," oh. she's like, "I I I want to live in in Salt Lake." And I asked her why, and she's like, "It's it's like it just fit." One, she said, "It feels like home, and it feels safe. Mm. It feels safe in Salt Lake." And she said, I know it sounds weird, but I feel like the mountains are also make me feel safe. Yeah. And, um, and she said, uh, it's, it's big enough that it's, you kind of get everything you need from a big enough city, but it's also small enough that you, that you feel like, um, that you don't feel like you're in this massive city that just it's a little bit easier to up. find a community in, yeah. in where you are instead of just one ant in this huge yeah. colony of millions and billions. Yeah. So really we, we end up staying here. Um, because of Marcella and I have to be honest, like my initial thing was like, I don't want to be here. Um, and then that changed <laughs> and then that changed, but, um, but yeah, so that's how, that's kind of how we ended up back, um, back in Utah. And we, we, we signed a lease to live downtown in city, uh, city, uh, those city landing apartments, which are right above city Creek mall. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally signed a six month lease there, man. And then, um, we ended up being there for like six years <laughs> and, um, and because we love downtown, we opened a business downtown. We opened our first honest downtown. We loved our community downtown. I always thought we were going to buy something. And I just put all my money into the businesses and it was close to the airport for my consulting work. Um, and we just loved it. We fell in love with it. And then the kids, we had two kids and, um, and a third one on the way. And, um, and pretty soon we needed a little bit more space. So we moved up to Kaysville and then we've since moved back to, to, to North Salt Lake. Yeah. that's so awesome that she, she kind of felt that energy about Salt Lake so early. It was like, yeah, like, cause I'll never forget this. It reminded me of you mentioning St. Louis, but when I was at my old job, we had someone start working at this consulting firm I was at and he's like, Oh, he's like, are there any like rough places of salt Lake? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like don't go to Rose park. <laughs> yeah, don't go yeah. to Glendale yeah. and kind of a couple people at the table chuckle. Yeah. And I'm like, what? They're like, 
do me a favor and Google most dangerous cities in the world yeah. and or the US. And sure enough, like St. Louis yeah. was one that consistently came up. Yeah. And I like just kind of like scrolled a couple of <laughs> headlines. I'm like, just kidding. Salt Lake is perfectly <laughs> safe. You are fine. Nothing yeah. to worry about here it's in true. comparison to that. And like, that still is something that strikes me. I mean, when I travel, I mean, anywhere, I'm like, yeah, don't feel nearly as safe as I, I do in Salt Lake. And that's funny about yeah. them. I've never thought about that way with the mountains. Cause I mean, yeah. if you take us back to our like carnal beings, yeah. like, yeah, if you have a mountain there, then there's probably not much that can come get you. Well, it's funny because like one of her, one of Marcel's biggest concerns about Miami was besides the people are super presumptuous, like in their, their air, I shouldn't say arrogant, but they're just very much into appearances and looks yes. and um, presumptuous is a good word. Um, she was worried about hurricanes. So she's super worried about things like that. And so she just felt like, She's like, I just feel like safe here. There's like no hurricanes. The biggest thing in her mind is the earthquake that we always hear about. Right. <laughs> but, um, especially when we had the earthquake a few years back, yeah, 2020, that was yeah. in a, every voice from my elementary school. Yeah, drills exactly. was coming back yeah, like yeah. it's here. Yeah. <laughs> so, but she just, I mean, she just felt safe from all aspects. Right. Like there's just, um, one of her big things as well. It's like, it's funny, but like, it's true that there's just not many bugs here, right? Like downtown, you get some cockroaches, but like you live in Texas, live in Florida, you see cockroaches everywhere. Yeah, you name them at one point. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, so yeah, she, this was just a, this has just been a really comfortable place for Marcel, even though it's far away from home. It's very different from Guadalajara. Guadalajara is the second largest city in, uh, in Mexico. It's massive. Mm-hmm. And, um, but she just feels good here. And that makes me feel good about being here too. Yeah. It's always nice to be in a place that you feel comfortable and it's yeah. not, cause I mean, you always hear stories of people that move somewhere and then there's one of the spouses is like, I hate it here. Are we, are we done yet? Yeah. And more often than not, people come around when they find like in the silver linings of it, but it's nice to have that, that piece. And it, like you said, like having family around is so valuable. Having friends around that you have history with is so valuable. And, and I think that's one thing that's always I was reluctant to have it draw me back to Salt Lake is like my family. And yeah. I remember when I lived in Seattle my mom would call me every Sunday and like, and to be fair, like I never called her. I yeah. was, I was a terrible <laughs> son, but she would always call me. And then, and, and I didn't realize how important like that family connection was with people. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I moved back. I was like, Oh, like this is nice. Especially when you move to a city, you're all alone and there isn't that family and the friends, there isn't that much history. So it's, it's kind of, and it's hard to it's find true. new friends in a lot of those places. And, and it's, it's really is something that speaks and because you saw like naturally, um, and a lot of it comes from, I mean, the way neighborhoods are set up and like church communities mm-hmm. that there is a good foundation of people that make like community centric. Yeah. And that's like one thing, one of my core values that I have in life is community. Like I love having people that I can trust and be yeah. around to be myself. And it's a place that's, that kind of sets you up for success in that regard. And I've had, I mean, pretty much every single one of my siblings and siblings has left, come back. Majority of my friends, as I'm kind of thinking off the top of my head, have left, come back. back. And it just makes you appreciate and realize it so more. And so, so I love that you're like downtown in Salt Lake, you feel this energy. And and so walk me through that, that that first decision to start honest and, and get that off the ground. Yeah. So, um, 20, let's see. So 20, 15, like 2014, 2015, um, oil prices had kind of gone down. So a lot of, I work, most of my consulting is oil and gas. And so, um, as you probably imagine, West Texas offshore rigs and so forth. Um, but, um, so oil prices came down, 
my wife and I always wanted to, I, I'm a builder. Like I learned, I learned probably in the last 10, 12 years that I'm a builder. Like I really get satisfaction out of building things, I'm not a maintainer. <laughs> um, when things are built and they're, and they're kind of running, don't love to be the guy that's just maintaining. Hand it off, go build something else. Yeah. And so my wife and I had already always had like kind of this itch for, for entrepreneurial. My, my wife, um, comes from a family, as I mentioned, her parents had the boarding house. So her mom used to always make food as part of the, of part of everything. Her mom, amazing food. It was like one of the best things besides Marcella being there. Like the food was amazing, like three meals a day, amazing food, <laughs> like really typical Mexican experience and just like, um, just amazing. And so that was kind of built into Marcella as well. And so even when we got married, it's like food's such an important part. So I, I never don't eat well. Um, and cause Marcella is just so passionate about food and like literally we'll go six months without Marcella giving me the same meal. <laughs> it's like, it's unbelievable. And so kind of couple that passion around food, pa my passion around service, passion around kind of building things. Um, we, we saw an opportunity in Salt Lake that we didn't see that wasn't really there at the time. And we, um, in, in Rio, when we lived in Rio, one of the kind of those fundamental things that kind of trend, uh, shaped our life and our futures was there was this little place around the corner from us that was, um, was called BB and it was a little health like food place and it, and they had acai. And so we were really, really active in Rio. I'd go run on the beach like every night. Um, we were out watching sun, like sunsets every day, moon, just anything that would happen. We were at the beach and kind of on that beach all the time. And so when we finished that, when we finished any workout, we'd just go have an acai and just became obsessed with acai. And when I was on my mission, like I never had acai. It wasn't really a, a thing. And it's funny. Um, I literally had an acai bowl for breakfast this morning. Nice. So. Love it. Great minds think alike. Yeah. <laughs> so we become obsessed with this little place and then we start to explore the menu. It's just like all healthy, clean food. And so when we got back to Salt Lake, we're like, there's nothing like this here. And so we um, had a buddy at the time who was, uh, who I had brought on to do some consulting with me as well as working for uh, some consulting projects with me and um, kind of things fell off with him as well. And so we just, it, between the, sometimes when, when you, when you, when you're first starting something, you need someone alongside with you to take the risk with you. Right. Right. And so, um, so Jared and I, did that. And we started another concept and I don't know if you saw this, but we, we started another concept called protein foundry. Mm -hmm. And so my wife, um, Jared's wife and I, and Jared, we all kind of put that together, built that concept. And, um, it was really nice. It was really great because it was a, it was a dip or dip our toe into, into a business and to building a business. I um, mean, it was great to have Jared along the ride for along with the ride as well, because, um, because, you know, looking back, I probably, I, I don't know if I would have had the, the, um, the wherewithal or, or the, the courage to do it by myself. It's always nice when you have someone else, two families involved. And so we did that. And unfortunately just the partnership didn't work out, um, within the first year. And it was evident that it wasn't going to work out. It's just different personalities, which is okay. And so, you know, I just, you know, I, 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 I give Jared the option to, to, to buy me out mm -hmm. and, he found an investor to buy me out and, um, it was good for us. It was hard. It was, it was hard at the time because it was something that we had built. Um, but we said, you know, we want to build something. We want to do it a, a little bit more our way. And so Marcel and I started working at it and we developed a, a menu. We kind of 
I mean, you'll see similarities in, in the two concepts. Um, we just feel, and this isn't anything against Protein Foundry, we just feel that we kind of elevated the concept a little bit more. And so my wife, um, again, just a, the importance of choosing your, your, your partner. Um, my wife said to me, she said, hey, Lauren, um, we were looking for locations to open all kind of around downtown area. And she said, this was right around the time that were, they were re remodeling the, the Vivint Arena, mm -hmm. Delta Center now. And she said, Lauren, like they're the, all the, all the stuff that's going in there is, is like local stuff. And this was like the, after the first year. And she said, why don't you go knock the door? Like, let's try to get in there. And so we found the right doors to knock yeah. and we didn't even have a concept yet. We like, we didn't have a location and I just prepped everything. Marcel, I had, I taken Marcella with us. It would have been like a grand slam. I was able to hit a home run, but if Marcella, because everyone loves Marcella, Marcella was with the kids. And so I went in and I did a presentation. I put out the spread for all, and they had the chef come in. They had all their like kind of business. Anyone who was like a decision maker at the arena was in that meeting. And I sold them on the idea that they needed to have something healthy in the arena. They mm -hmm. had a whole demographic of women, of men who wanted something healthy and clean. And, um, we walked out of there and, um, and I could tell that they were impressed, but I could also tell that like, they didn't really have a spot for me quite yet. And so what happened is cut Bop, bless their heart and bless their heart for being true to, to their, to their, to their beliefs. There was a playoff game on Sunday and cut Bop says, we don't open on Sundays. And so they offered me, they said, Hey, will you come open on Sunday? I'm okay with open on Sunday. Although I went to BYU, I'm okay with, with open on Sunday. So they said, to, they knocked on our door and said, Hey, we'd like to give you a trial. And so it was on. Yeah. And they had this massive spot. Cup Bop at the time had one of the best locations in the arena. Um, and so we got everything prepped. I like recruited people from church, like buddies. I have a buddy who's like a multimillionaire. He yeah, you're like, like I need anyone who yeah. can do anything. This dude's at the cash register for me. <laughs> like, just humbly, I get like, I get goosebumps because like friends and people that care about you will, always, and, and again, this is like Salt Lake, yeah. right? Sense of community. This people is, this is Salt Lake yeah. because to be honest with you, like if I'm in Chicago and I work a lot in Chicago and Chicago has a sense of community, but do I get that many friends to show up for me? Probably not. So I got like all these friends. I got a buddy who's out there. He's like, dude, we need to get out and like put, put like samples out. So he's like, he's all of a sudden grabbing stuff and he's taking samples of people walking by. And then, then they, they said, Hey, we're going to put you up on the, on the, on the Megatron or whatever they're called now but on the, on the board. And so they came by and they did like a little live spot and like, we slayed it. We like, we, we killed it. Like everyone loved the product. People came in, they freaked out. They're like, acai bowls. Are you kidding me? And, um, and so they saw that like, it was a good, it was a good thing. And so they found a spot for us, um, the next season. So we opened up there. We were there before we even, we, we even opened, um, downtown and we, we wanted, we wanted the first one. We wanted to open downtown cause that's where we were from. Yeah. And so Regent street, uh, if you know the history of mm -hmm. Regent street, it's got kind of a shady past history, but like it was like a forgotten street and then they remodeled it. The church kind of remodeled it. There's a, there's a big parking structure and underneath they had all these beautiful like yeah. spaces and no one was going in. There was like no one moving in. We always kept our eye on it. And at one point, the spot that we're in now, we had showed interest and they're like, oh, we've got someone else that's trying to go in. That person never went in. In fact, it was, it was supposedly another acai concept and, um, they never went in, but everyone was afraid of that spot. So, so, um, 
Um, Pretty Bird. Yeah. I was going to say there's Pretty a, Bird there's was a was a success yeah. story, but they're on the opposite. They're on the other side, right in that small little spot. They were mm-hmm. a success story, and then Last Course was there before Last Course closed down. They were the first ones to kind of go in. And Marcel and I said, you know, what? we just believe. We believe in downtown. We believe in this area. We believe. Let's go for it. And so we went for it. And um, in the meantime, we found another opportunity up at up at Foothill, and we said, let's just go for it. We're all in on this thing. Yeah, we're all in. Like we believe in ourselves. We believe that this is going to work. We saw that it worked in the South Valley. We know that it is going to work here. We've taken it to an elevated level. Foothill is ideal for us because it's really our demographic up there. And um, and so and so we opened that store six months after we opened, or, or actually, sorry, three months after we opened the downtown store. Um, and so we just chased it. And um, but but it was it, but it was always really gratifying to see people from the downtown that we'd see walking around downtown. Even if we even if we didn't know them, we'd see them walk around. They come into our store. Neighbors from from where we live came into the store. People from church coming into the store. Um, people from surrounding businesses coming into the store. Um, it's, not, it's humbling and just like a sense of pride that like, hey, we're 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 part we're part uh, we're a small little part of the fabric of this downtown community. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. I, yeah. I love that yeah. you had this shot executed, and then kind of as it happens, the dominoes start to fall. Yeah. And, and, and see that growth happen. That's that's such a fun story, and I know. Cause I was looking at locations and then you have the one at sugar house with torrent yeah. as well. Like I know yeah. Dan and Mike pretty well. Oh, good. Good, oh, yeah. Guy, yeah, good guys. And they yeah. have, yeah, I used to go there all the time yeah. and I cool. lived with them in hardware when I was there cool. and that's a good, good partnership. Yeah. So when I go they're like, Oh yeah, order your smoothie ahead here. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a good idea. Yeah, so we're, so we're in there as well, and we're we're obviously looking to expand as well. We've got a lot of requests from South Valley. We see a lot of opportunity in Davis County as well. We've lived in Davis County for the last three years, almost three years now, well, two and a half years. We just see a lot of opportunity in Davis County as well, and so um, we we j- but we just want to sm- we want to grow smart. We um, we've made the decision that we're we'll grow on our own. We don't we don't want investors. We don't want people telling us what to do. Mm-hmm. We don't want people holding us accountable for a bad month uh, in sales and um and holding our feet to the fire we're 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 a family business and for the for the time that's what that's what we want to be and um we're we're not super into like going into debt to do things as well so we like to pay cash for things and so so especially with interest rates as they are now and so we just um we uh yeah so that's kind of our approach but but we but we want to grow for sure that's awesome. Yeah. I know it's such a, it's fun. To, it's a fun time in Salt Lake. Cause like if you're trying to buy a house, it's a terrible time in yeah. Salt Lake, but it's fun to see where like in one metric that I always go back to is cause everyone always talks about growth in Lehigh, all the businesses and startups and, and Silicon slopes that's going there. And you see this growth there. But I remember yeah. seeing this um, statistic where it was like, okay, population growth in Utah County was like 12% over the last five years. I can't remember the time frame, but let's just shoot from there. Sure. But then it was like, growth in salt lake county like 30 percent. i'm like yeah. okay like yeah i just put it together it's like okay economic <laughs> yeah. growth here population growth here yeah. everybody wants to live here but yeah. work there yeah. and makes it happen and yeah. then like as salt lake's got more expensive i mean it's expanded into i mean lehigh saratoga springs you go yeah. and that's all grown yeah. but then also like because my grandparents um have uh, lived for the past almost 30 years in, in north salt lake uh just like right on eagle mm. golf course yeah, yeah, yeah. and so gro- seeing how much that yeah. has grown oh, yeah. over the years and even now expanding like you have farmington and like the farmington place is all growing yeah. there and it just keeps happening and yeah. it's and everybody still wants to have all of this these amenities especially like like i alluded to i mean i'm someone who's always on the go and terrible yeah. at planning food so if i yeah. can have a place where it's healthy and quick and on the go then sign me up well and uh, so listening to you talk it's like just having flashbacks of like COVID and stuff. And like Utah is a great place to own a business. 
like it is Utah government just gets out of the way. Mm -hmm. And like during COVID, I saw some of the stories that were on TV and I'm like, I'm so grateful that I live in Utah. I'm so grateful that I live in Salt Lake that, um, that I own a business in Salt Lake that we're able to kind of continue operating. We had two tough months, two, two really tough months. And we had to let, let some people go. We kept as many as we could. Um, but like Utah just got out of the way as soon as like, as, as fast as they could move to kind of get out of the way, they got out of the way. And, um, I, I was always grateful for that. Downtown Alliance was really like involved with, mm -hmm. with all the businesses downtown as well. And they're always kind of knocking on our door to see if we're okay, if we needed anything. And, and it's back to that kind of community piece, like really did feel that and really felt that people just care. Like people there, there's a support system there as much as I didn't really have anything that I needed from the downtown Alliance just the fact that they were there, Derek, like send me an email. Hey, how you doing, man? Everything going okay. And, and so just, um, just good, good people. And, and when I say that the support, like that as well, like then like people came in droves as well, even when it was like difficult for, for people to go out and you could only go up to like the door, people came to our business, people supported us. And like, I will be forever grateful because we opened a business a little less than a year before, before things hit the fan. And had people not supported us, had people not felt that sense of community that, they, hey, these guys have risked and we're going to support them, um, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be here today. Yeah. Like, there's no way. And had I lived in another state, had I lived in another city, we may not have been there. I may have been financially lost. Yeah. So, yeah. Utah's a, Salt Lake is in Utah. Like, whatever you may say about, like, like, um, one side of the aisle, the other side of the aisle of the, of the politicians, like at the end of the day, I think they all just, they want the good of Utah for sure. And Utahns. And, um, and I, and I really felt that during COVID. And like, that's one thing I actually really appreciate about Salt Lake that I've realized during COVID is seeing the cities that like quote unquote won from the pandemic were liberal cities and conservative states, because it almost is this natural checks and balance that happened. Sure. And what do we see now? We see Salt Lake City. Austin, Nashville, Charleston, Miami, like all of these cities yeah. rise from that because of that. And I fundamentally believe that that is also part of this like Goldilocks effect that we get in Salt Lake yeah. of this kind of, of, of perfect spot in between that. Um, and so I know you said, I mean, definitely going to grow the business. There's demand yeah. in all sorts of other geographies. Are there any other projects you're working on outside of Honest or is it really just so all we've, speed ahead? We've got... We've got another couple concepts, like restaurant concepts that we want to that we want to that we want to open. And to be honest with you, right now the biggest challenge with that has just been labor, kind of working through the labor piece. And I think we're we're starting to get to a, a better spot from the from the labor perspective and some of the inflation and so forth, and just some of the the, the economic difficulties. And and again, we don't feel them like in Utah as, as many as, as much as others. But, um, so we've got, yeah, so we've got a couple things kind of on, on the dock there that, that we've been, that we've, that we're interested in, in exploring. And, um, and again, I think part of that is, is just that we want to add another spot to the community. And, and I know it sounds cheesy, but like I've always from day one, whether it was protein foundry or here, I get goosebumps when I see people at our table and like they're connecting over a table. And I know that sounds super cliche, but as a business owner, of course, I'm here to make money. Of course, we're here to, to provide for family. Of course, we're here to provide for families for those that work with us. Um, but 
like just seeing people connect over the table up at Foothill. Like I love it because we get a lot of older couples in there because there's some older couples in the neighborhoods yeah. right there. Right. And you walk in and you see older couples and they're eating acai bowl and you're just like, how dope is that? Like yeah. you have like 80 year olds sharing laugh, sharing a laugh over an acai bowl and it's and like, they've chosen my, they've chosen these walls to have that, have that connection. And that, that, that's pretty cool. That's, that, that's pretty cool. And I love how much of it is like almost as bow on top of all of kind of the experiences you went through. Cause I mean, at Grand America, you got connected to service and really wanting to provide a premium experience to people. Yeah. You have all of your consulting and refineries of like, I like to build, I want to yeah. create, I want to grow. And then coupled with, I mean, the years of building you and Marcella's relationship and make sure that's strong, but then her values of community and like putting food in front of people and bringing people together at the table so they can have those experiences of laughing across from each other and and building that. And so that's that's so fun that kind of all of these roads brought you to this place and that you found success in it because it's, it's, it's who you are and what you did. It was, it's, it's authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and when you talk about projects, I mean, so Marcella and I are always, we, we didn't talk about it, but when I was in, when I was at Thunderbird, some friends of mine and I started a nonprofit in Brazil. Um, and that was a big, it was all around self-reliance and helping people become self-reliant. And we're always looking for opportunities as well. And I think there's, we've, we've, we've spoken about some opportunities around kind of leveraging honest to do those type of things. We, we learned from Ethan, we were talking about Ethan earlier, like we learned from Ethan, like year one. We, I really admire Ethan from a business perspective. I admire him as an individual. Um, he does the 25 days of giving, right? Um, during Christmas from December 1st. We started doing that. We missed a year, I think, there, but I think we've done it three years. And um, I'm not like, like I, I, one of the things I admire about Ethan is, in, is he's just, he gets his stuff out there. I'm a little bit more reserved. I'm a little older. I would never describe Ethan it, as reserved it, it, in any yeah, way, shape, or form. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm just a little bit more reserved. They don't put myself on Instagram. And, and um, so I have to get out of my shell a little bit. And we don't, and just like Ethan, our objective in, in putting anything out there is never to, to glorify ourselves. It's to hopefully inspire someone to do something. It doesn't have to be 25 days um, to do something. And then the other piece as well is we, this year, we're turning it all over to the employees, mm-hmm. to our team. In the past, we've been the ones that have designed everything and said, hey, here's what we're doing. We're turning it all over. In the past, they've, they've been part of it as well. They, we, we're building experiences for them. As you know, especially here in Utah, so many people want to serve. Mm-hmm. And if they don't do it through church, they don't know how to serve. They don't know where to serve. They don't know what options there are to serve. And so hopefully what we've what we provide, at least in that small context, is an opportunity for them to serve because you and I know the feeling that you get when you give of yourself, your time, your talents, not just money, but when you give of yourself, of your time and talents to someone else, the feeling that it gets. And that is like no other feeling. It's different from making money. It's different from traveling. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a feeling that's, that's, that's uncomparable. And totally. And like, I think one of the core tenets of community is giving because like, just like you saying, when you're started at Vivint, people gave themselves like, Hey Lauren, you need us. We're here to give. And you were there to take, but any healthy relationship can't be take, 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 take. You have to give back. You have to support, you have to show that you're there as well. And I mean, that's true on like a 
uh, personal relationship basis, but even more so when you zoom out even more in a community, like you have to give back to the community. And yeah, but yeah, I mean, on top of it, those, those feelings you get and seeing that joy in people who, I mean, it comes back to the word charity and to yeah. me, like the definition of charity is doing something for someone that they can't do for themselves. Yeah. Love that. And yeah, the, the giving that, that goes on during that time. I mean, it's so easy to be like, well, you know, it's hard this year. Like, ah, oh, you know, I've these parties or all this stuff and just to not, but be like, Hey, you know what? It's, I've been so grateful for all of these people. It's, it's time for, to me to get back in some way. Yeah, it's great. And, and, and we've, we probably don't do this as often as we probably sh- should, but we, you know, every once in a while, we, like, there's something about surprises as well, right? And oh, giving right. when, 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 when it's not expected. And so we've in the past kind of, we had some connections with some nurses and that we had met over COVID and um, we just kind of out of nowhere say, Hey, are you at work? Can we drop some bowls by for you and your team? And so there's, there's opportunities to do that. I think business creates some opportunities to do those types of, of things as well. And so again, we probably don't do that as often as, as we we'd like to, it requires planning and time spontaneity, spontaneity. Um, but, um, but I think that's, uh, that's important piece as well. And, you know, we try to do, we try to be good neighbors up at Foothill as well. And there've been times where we said, Hey, you know, take some bowls over to the, to the, to the toy store around the corner mm-hmm. or down, down to, um, you know, to the, to the folks over here at, um, at the bank inside of, um, inside of the Dan's, mm-hmm. um, we ask them for change. So I always tell the team, I say, Hey, as a, as a, as a gratitude, take them some food. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I think, I think it's just, I think it's about looking for, for small opportunities to get back. And again, business is a vehicle, another vehicle that allows us to do that. And so, um, I think that's important. That's important to the name of our business as well. Um, you see, I've got a shirt on today that says genuine, and I've actually got one here for you as well. Um, you've probably noticed all the names of our products are like a positive vibe, yep. right? Um, they're char- human characteristics, um, and I just, I'm a big believer that you walk in a store feeling stick in the, in the walls. And so I've told my my team that, and maybe this sounds bad, but like, if we have a, if we have a guest that comes in and they don't treat us well, I don't want them to come back. Yeah. I don't want you. I don't need your money. No matter how much money you're going to spend here, you're going to leave stuff in the walls and you don't need to treat my team um, the energy lingers and it lingers. Everyone feels it. And so I think that's part of, that's part of kind of the naming and, and so forth. And I don't think we've, we've, we've kind of informed people and made the connection as, as well as we could marketing that. But, but hopefully the, the idea is that hopefully people seeing those words, seeing kind of vocalizing those words when they make their order, that it, that there's something that subconsciously kind of sticks with them as well. Oh, I totally believe in that. Yeah. I believe in, yeah. Energy is attracts similar energies, positivity yeah. attracts positivity. And, and even to that subconscious effect, like, I, I mean, I'm a big believer in like, I mean, even if I listen to positive music or like anything upbeat yeah. and I feel upbeat yeah, and yeah. I think there's so much more in, in the words we use, how we talk to ourselves, uh, that, that can be. And so mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that, get those little details that do go some, some way. Is yeah. it, can we quantify it? Probably not, but can yeah. we feel it when it goes right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you brought up Mike and Dan, right. And so mm-hmm. Mike and Dan and I had this conversation once as well. They came in, they came in, I met them because they came down to our store downtown and, um, they're just so kind. Right. And, and so they pulled me aside when, when they were there and they said, Hey, tell us a little bit about your concept and so forth. And, and I think Dan said to me, cause Dan's from New York. He said, 
he said, you know, your, your concept, your concept here for, for it feels a lot like more like NYC than it does SLC. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it was maybe a little bit different at the time. Right. And so, but we, we had the conversation around just the small details and, and they were pointing out that they had recognized some of the small details. I said, Hey, I noticed that you've got these gold tones throughout the store. I'm like, man, like I intentionally did like Marcella, when she designed this thing, she intentionally did that. And you made the connection and, 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 and Dan said to me, or Mike, I can't remember who, but they said, you know, uh, I had made the mention. I said, I just think people feel that. And they said, yeah, 100%. Like people, whether, whether they actually registered in their mind, they feel it. And so I'm just a really big believer, kind of that energy and that kind of feeling of just the, of the, of the space. We got a little way to go at, at, at Foothill. We, we haven't, I don't know if you've been into our downtown store, but our downtown store is a little bit deck. We've got a yeah. big mural on the way up at, up at Foothill. We've got it. We've got to do a little bit more of the uh, decorations up there. But, In due time. Yeah. So I guess outside of honest work sort of stuff. I mean, what else do you like about being Salt Lake? You need sort of activities you oh, have to do? Or, or? So, so, and hopefully we're going to get back to this more. We've got little ones. And I hate to use having children as an excuse because I think ch- children are resilient. They're just busy, lots going on. But Marcella and I, one of the big reasons Marcella wanted to stay here is we did a lot of hiking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I skied and snowboarded growing up and we haven't done that a lot. I think when the kids, we, we probably need to get the kids on some skis here soon. But, um, but we love hiking and Marcel and I, so when we, when we made the commitment to, to, um, to stay in Utah, um, we made the commitment and as business gets, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at myself because I don't know that we've kept this commitment over the last few years, but we made a commitment to, um, visit national parks here mm-hmm. in Utah, no matter how many times we've been to them, visit national parks, um, to always go on hikes um, to take advantage of things like Sundance that happen here in, in Utah as well. And we just said, if we're going to live in Utah, let's, let's make sure that we're taking advantage of the things that, that are offered here in Utah. And so we love to hike. I mean, we, Marcel and I used to be out hiking at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. And then the kids came, it got a little harder. We used to, we do it a little bit more with, with the kids, but hiking is just phenomenal. Um, and, I'm a big kind of destination hike guy. So I like to hike to the lakes or hike yeah. to, to, to a view or, or things like that. Um, so hiking, we love hiking. Um, I think restaurants here are underrated as well. I think there are a lot of great restaurants in, in Salt Lake um, and in, in Utah in general. Um, so we, we spend a lot of time kind of at restaurants um, as much as Marcella is a fantastic um, chef at home. We like to give her a break every once in a while and go to some restaurants. We've got a great restaurant uh, scene here as well. Lots of things for kids to do um, in in Salt Lake. Like we live in North Salt Lake, just up the road from this beautiful park that overlooks like the valley. And you hike for a moment, and you get wildflowers. And so we try to take the kids mountain bike, mountain biking, and things like that as well. And we just like to be outside as much as as possible. Um, and I think Utah is one of the best places in the world um, totally. for that. I mean, it's like I told you about when I was traveling around the country. Like the accessibility to outdoors in Utah is unparalleled unparalleled like i because i i mean like i was telling you i grew up in the avenues but yeah. i mean i might i didn't spend a lot of time like in the foothills or hiking mm-hmm. just mostly because like family dynamic and a lot of reasons i couldn't but then when i moved back to utah i was like how did i not know this was right no. here for so long and yeah. 
and I mean, big fan of national parks and big fan of, of being outside. Cause I'm a big person who, um, recharges in nature. And I love just disconnecting, going outside, reminding myself that it's a beautiful place, beautiful things. And I mean, even when you're hiking, like I, I can't remember the last time I was on a trail runner hiking when I saw someone just like frowning, right? Yeah, exactly. We go walk around downtown yeah. and you're going to see a couple golden yeah, people yeah. not happy. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think it's such a good way to keep grounded and, and, yeah. and enjoy that. Cause it's such a, special attribute of Utah that if you're, if you're from here, you don't realize how great it is. And I realized that when I, I mean, you meet new people, make new friends and they're like, Oh my gosh, I just did a hundred days skiing this year. Cause it's so <laughs> close. I'm like, cool. They're like, and I'm going to go biking and trail running every day. And I'm like, yeah, like, thank you for reminding yeah. me the specialness and like, yeah. and, and everything that it is. And it's so fun to see people get that, that connection. Cause I mean, a lot of people you'll see, I mean, even who was it? Was it Shaq during all star oh, yeah, weekends? Like yeah, there's, yeah. there's nothing to yeah, do in this yeah. boring Shaq city. And Barkley, right? I'm like, yeah. Hey, like leave the hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> go find, go find something pretty. It's not hard yeah. and enjoy. Yeah, like you can't nice. just go. Yeah. And it, 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 it's so fun. And I love how, cause like, I, like I said, I lived in Seattle where I mean, amazing cuisine, oh, yeah. amazing food. Yeah. And when I first came back, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to just grumbling. Yeah. And it's been fun now where, because people do want better food and do want, um, and there are so many great like entrepreneurs and restaurateurs that are making it happen that there's so many cool, cool experiences and cool, yeah. cool things happening. And yeah. yeah, it just makes me even more optimistic for, for the things to come. Yeah. Well, it's fun. Like, I mean, as you, as you were talking, I was just thinking as well, when we lived downtown, I, I just remember. Marcel and I'd grab, I'd grab my camera. I, I like photography. I'm by no means a photographer, but I like photography. We just, we'd grab our, I'd grab my, and we'd walk and we'd just walk and take pictures. And just like, I have so many beautiful pictures of downtown of the Salt Lake area just bec because of our walks. And it was just kind of like, that was a reason to get us out to, 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 to be out in nature or out outside getting sun was um was how we just, we're gonna we're gonna collect some cool pictures along the way totally. as well so and actually that's one thing i i've been kind of lingering on in my own kind of like personal thoughts because i'm someone who like if i'm driving i mean doing anything there's always like a thought i'm yeah. just kind of like processing and one is uh just kind of like how to improve mental health in someone like if someone were to come to me and be like hey i'm really struggling with anxiety depression and like one of the core tenets of mental health to me is gratitude and like one thing I love doing is taking pictures because if I'm taking a picture of something, it means I'm appreciating its beauty yeah. or what it is. Or if it's people out to dinner, like yeah. me and my friends golf a ton and we'll always take a picture. And if you're taking a picture of something, you're grateful for it love in it. turn. And so if you're walking around Salt Lake taking pictures, you're grateful for it and you yeah. see the beauty in it. And there is a conscious like, oh yeah, that's amazing. Look at this composition. Look at these lighting. Look at these colors. And, and such an easy way to be grateful for it all. Sure. I love that. I love that perspective. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that way of taking a picture is, is kind of gratitude. It's, it's really true. Yeah. Whenever someone's like, Oh, don't take a picture. Like, Oh, I haven't taken it. I'm like, Oh yeah. You don't have enough film on your camera. Like, <laughs> is that the, the two yeah. terabytes you have on your Apple cloud? Not enough. Yeah. Don't want to cl <laughs> clutter it's it up. Funny. Um, yeah. Well, Laura, I kind of want to uh, end with the two questions I, yeah. I ask everybody. And number one, I mean, if we want to find Honest Eatery or yourself, um, where do we find you? I mean, websites, social uh, yeah. locations? Yeah. So um, website is eatathonest.com. Uh, Social is the same. I'm mostly just uh, Instagram there. And um, locations, we're on um, Regent Street, uh, which is um, the same as Pretty Bird. 
Uh, we're at Foothill Village, which is the oldest shopping center in Salt Lake. It's getting a big facelift, as I'm sure you've seen as you've drawn by. It's not as vibrant as it used to be, so I'm glad it's to not, hear it's that. Right, it's, 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 it's been rough. It's, 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 it's hurt our sales as well. But it's the, the end product is going to be phenomenal. Awesome. Love to hear and that. And it's going to be a draw. People are going to really want to be there. And so we're excited for that. So we're at Foothill Village, um, which is great access for those that are at the University of Utah. And um, we're in um, Torrent, in um, Torrent Cycle, which is in Sugar House, which is on kind of the main drag there behind the Cubbies. We're on kind of the opposite side of the Cubbies there. And then we're also at, uh, at the arena. Um, anytime there's a jazz game or major concerts, you can find us there for, a, uh, for something a little bit, um, a little bit different. And you can probably find me at the airport on Sunday <laughs> afternoons or Thursday mornings. Cause I'm, um, I'm at the airport doing a lot of consulting lately. I'm in Chicago, um, almost every week. Flying in, flying out. Flying in, flying out. <laughs> Got your million dollar mark yet on, on Delta yet? Uh, I'm close. I'm close. I'm close. <laughs> and I had a friend that he works at Nike in real estate, like uh, global real estate. Uh, cool. And he, I mean, he got the note from the, the flight attendant. Like, mm. like, congrats for hitting a mile. Yeah. And I was like, congrats. He's like, don't be the, proud of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, too funny. And, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, and, and, and lastly, if you were to have a guest that you think would be interesting to have on the podcast, who comes to mind or who do you think you'd want to hear their story? Oh, man. First person, and I'm sure he'd, he'd, he'd probably... Um, He's, he's a really private person, but his name's Michael Thorpe. And um, he works, he's a prosecutor. Mm. Um, he's from D.C., um, but he loves Salt Lake. And um, he's, a, he's a federal prosecutor. He's seen the good of Utah. He's seen the challenges of Utah. And um, again, he's very he's a very private person, so he'd probably kill me for saying his name. But I knew you were going to ask that question. And um, and he's the one that um, came to mind. I think he's just a, a different perspective of, of Utah. He's from Arizona, lived in DC for many, many, many years, kind of political pieces there. And then, and, and now he's here. So, um, could be, could be a possible interesting person. That, like you said, very interesting and different perspective yeah. that that most get. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to do that. But so, Lauren, I mean, thank you so much for telling your story. It's been so wonderful getting to know you and hearing how, how this all came together and, Thanks for making Salt Lake a better place. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for being interested in our story. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Small Lake City Podcast. Don't forget to like, follow, review, subscribe, and share this episode with your friends. And we'll catch you next week. We'll see you there.